Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. Some talk shows think all of their opinions are right. This one, this one knows they are. This is Perception is Reality. Christopher H. Bilbury is a no-nonsense, well, maybe a little bit of nonsense, political activist, local government watchdog, and all-around good Hoosier and God-fearing American citizen. Is this guy for real? Holding lawmakers accountable and educating citizens on the importance of participating in their local government with a dab of national and world politics and a little pop culture and maybe some real-life common sense. This, this is, is Perception is Reality. And this is Christopher H. Bilbrey. Thank you, Monty, for that wonderful introduction. That's right, folks. I am the host of this magnificent podcast, Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, your fearless leader of truth, justice, and the American way, the mouthpiece of the people. Or the cult leader, if you listen to the detractors. Although I believe they're just jealous of my political prowess, my understanding of all things political on the local, state, and national stages, or my unwavering commitment to examine all of those in power with the same investigative lens and non-hypocritical fashion. That's right, folks. This is Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, and I want to take a moment to welcome you to this 78th episode. Whether you've been here from the start or you have just joined us recently, thank you for giving me a little bit of your time. And I want to ask everyone alike, old and new listeners, to take just a moment of their time and share this direct episode link and the podcast as a whole with everyone you know, family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, by word of mouth or social media. Let them know where they can find us at, which is all major podcast hosting sites, including Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and many, many more, as well as the home link, perception.fireside.fm. All right, so enough of all of that. Let's go ahead and get into today's episode. In preparing for today's episode, I had went back through a little bit ago and was researching where the last episode, 77, stood as far as downloads and listens. How many people have listened to it through today and kind of where it ranks, what states are listening to it, and I've been getting some feedback, very good feedback from it, actually. I didn't necessarily feel like the episode was that strong. However, producer Niles felt that it was a great show and one of the stronger shows. And so, you know, I never really know how any given amount of people are going to react to a certain episode or not. I mean, I know when I have really good shows, how they're going to do. And I know if I'm talking about something really controversial, how that's going to go. But in my mind, I didn't feel like episode 77 
was really anything that was going to be out of the ordinary or a high number show or a low number show. However, it has performed better than expected. Quite well, actually. And I've gotten quite a bit of good feedback from listeners from the show. So, you know, that's always good. However, there's always the flip side of that coin. And this episode also got me into some trouble with some listeners as well. And when I mean trouble, I mean they just simply didn't like that I was talking about the topic that I was talking about, and they have an issue with it, and they were boohooing about it. And so we're going to take just a second here and talk about what their complaints were and what my thoughts are about those complaints and, you know, (laughs) how I look at those issues. But before we talk about it, I do want to take this time to say if you haven't listened to episode 77, which is called The Bilbury Bad Wolf, and it aired on Saturday, February 8th, 2020. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, episode 77, then you will want to do so after this episode, and it would be interesting for you to listen to it with this show in mind and kind of see what you think. But I want to take just a moment now and talk about what the complaints to me were about episode 77. So I guess some people listened to it and they got a little butt hurt because I was talking not about an official and not about a candidate, but there were some people that got upset because I was talking about their party chairman. That's right. If you listen to episode 77, you will know that I was talking about the chairman of political parties in local politics. If you haven't listened to episode 77, like I said, go back and listen to it. It was a good show, and it apparently sparked some controversy. But go back and listen to it and let me know what you think. But in it, like I said, I was talking about the Republican and Democrat Party chairman for various counties... And I was talking about their attitudes and how they approach different aspects and how they're very close-minded and they're not really there to build the parties up and to make the parties stronger, but they're there to insulate themselves and to keep themselves in power and not let anybody else have any type of thoughts or ideas that might strengthen the party. I talk about how they're so afraid of me and my questions and my thoughts and my ideas and that they're just so worried that someone's going to see them for the farce that they are that they try to do whatever they can to stop anybody from really knowing the truth or from anybody getting in and asking questions and exposing their dirty little secrets. You know, they're not concerned about what's best for the party. They're concerned about how to keep themselves in power, how to keep themselves insulated, and keeping folks that are yes-men and women 
in and around them so they remain in the positions that they are in. They're not looking to strengthen the party and for ideas and people that can come in and make the party a good, strong party that is representative of those in the community. Oh no, that's not it at all. They're looking to keep themselves in power. They are definitely anti-Christopher Bilbrey and they don't like when people ask them questions or they don't like when people ask their candidates questions and they like to try to live in a very protected bubble and they don't want exposure which is crazy to me see you have to understand these are not elected officials they're not candidates running for something these people are the leadership of the party so that means their job is to be there for their officials who are of their party, be there for the candidates who are of their party and in their party, and then the most important job in my mind is they are supposed to help strengthen the party and bolster the party support and membership in the party and make the Republican Party and the Democrat Party big and powerful with in the community. Inform citizens how to get registered to vote and get folks registered to vote and bring people into the fold of their party. They're supposed to be trying to strengthen their numbers and bring people to their side. You know, it's important in my mind for the Republican Party to try and convince those people who are just getting involved that they are Republicans. Like it's important for the Democrats to try to convince folks that are just getting involved that they're supposed to be Democrats. And you get folks who are just now coming into the fold of local politics and are looking for a place to land. And if they are in accordance with your beliefs and your thoughts and feelings and opinions and are mostly Republican or mostly Democrat, then it's for those parties to try and welcome these new people in as newly minted Republicans or newly minted Democrats. That's what the chairman of these parties and their leadership is supposed to be trying to do. That's the whole point of having these parties because that's where you get your foot soldiers and your people to help with campaigns and your people who have an understanding of what's going on. You're supposed to get those folks from the community and help try to mold them to be people in the party who want to help, who want to lend a hand, and who want to be involved. And then, as a party, as the Republican Party or the Democrat Party, once you brought new lifeblood into the party, then you're able to try and cultivate those that have been in the party for a while into candidates for your party, Republican candidates and Democrat candidates. And that's how you continue the circle of political life. However, as I said in episode 77, The Bilberry Bad Wolf, this is not what the party chairman 
in East Central Indiana is concerned with at all. It's just simply not something that they focus on. They're more focused on maintaining their power and keeping the status quo than attempting to build up their party with new Republicans and fresh new ideas. Hell, I didn't even talk about the party chairman from Henry County. In Henry County in 2019, they didn't even have primary elections because they couldn't convince enough candidates from the Republican or the Democrat sides to even be concerned enough to file to run. And those are perfect examples of where the Republicans and the Democrats from that community, from that county, need to get together on the Republican side and boot that chairman out the door, and the Democrats need to get together and boot that chairman out the door and and bring in new leadership that can try and get people excited enough in the parties so that people are coming in and people are willing to be able to be strong and believe in the party and run for office. Because if we don't have people that file to run for office, then our elected officials become appointed officials, and that's not good for anybody. And look, it's good that the county didn't just hold the primary election because there was no need to hold it. That would have been a waste of money, and I get that, and I applaud that effort. But I see that as a total failure on both the Republican and Democrat Party chairman of that county because they couldn't get people from their party to be passionate enough and couldn't get people excited and couldn't get people fired up to run, that says something about those parties and it says something about that community. And it says to me that Henry County Democrats need new leadership and Henry County Republicans need new leadership. I strongly feel that same way in Delaware County. You know, who doesn't agree that Allie Craycraft and Phil Nichols should no longer control the party? That Allie Craycraft, Phil Nichols, and Mike White should all be shown the door, and the Democrat Party in Delaware County should be under new leadership? Well, everybody agrees with that, except for Phil Nichols, Mike White, and Allie Craycraft, of course. But everybody believes that way. I hold the same belief for Victor Whitehead of the Republican Party in Delaware County. I also feel that same way for Ben Wells of the Republican Party in Randolph County and of Fred Davis in the Democrat Party in Randolph County. These people aren't trying to build their parties up. They're trying to gain the influence and the power and be special themselves. And that is honestly, when you get down to it, if you are honest with yourself, you know it. You know that that's not what the chairman of your political party should be doing. The chairman of your political party should be trying to build the party. Well, I had some people who didn't like that, and so they jumped down my throat, and they blocked me on social media, and they made these 
great big long raving raging posts about me and it got kind of crazy because it was like the perfect storm that was happening right at the same time that the filing period was ending to file to run for office and a friend of mine Audie Barber filed to run for office and being a friend I made the announcement with him and was there and helped him and I plan on helping him so there were people who didn't like that and the people who really got kind of upset with that are the people who are always upset with me plus the supporters and friends of the in incumbent who currently serves in the office that Audie will be running for. And so it was just like a perfect storm of hate, and I kind of got sucked into it and played along with it for a little bit. But I quickly realized that I'm not going to do that, because that's how they attempt to get me off track. That's how they try to say that they're right, because it pulls me off my game, and I'm just simply not going to do that. And the fact that they are not able to look at a situation and remove their bias from it, the fact that they're not able to remove their hypocritical opinion of the situation says far more about them than it does me because I'm able to look at the situation and say, yep, this is what I think, this is what I feel, this is how I believe, this is my opinion. But I'm also able to see it from their point of view. And that's what they don't like. They don't like that I'm able to support a man running for mayor and also question that mayor when that mayor does something that needs questioning. And that's the thing that always gets me in trouble with people because they like to support their candidate. They like to support their thought, their opinion. But they seem like they have a hard time stepping out of that. And I don't. I can look at both sides of the situation and almost as if it were meant to be. Now, look at it like this. I recorded that episode on Saturday, February 8th, and the next day, on Sunday the 9th, all of this craziness happened over that episode, and I was flipping through the regular radio programs and podcasts that I normally listen to in any given day. And just like it was meant to be, I clicked on the Rob Kendall show, which is a show that I normally listen to. Rob Kendall is a radio show host and radio show producer for 93.1 WIBC. He produces the Chicks on the Right Monday through Friday from 9 until 11, and on the weekends, he produces the Rob Kendall Show, which he is the host of. And I was listening to the Rob Kendall Show, and his topics were kind of all over the place that day, but the segment in the middle of his show really spoke to me, and it was talking about tribalism and attempting to 
end tribalism. And what is tribalism, might you ask? Well, it's what I talk about all the time when I talk about not being able to look at the other side and only wanting to hold the idea and the thought or the support for your person or your idea and not being able to see anybody else's thoughts or opinions or not being able to understand that there might be flaws with your idea, even though you like it, even though you're still going to support it, your idea, your candidate, your official that you support and that you love might still have issues that it's okay if folks can question. See, Rob talks about how he is able to love President Trump, and he is the go-to guy on President Trump, and he loves all there is about Trump. However, he's still able to look at things that Trump does and say, yep, that's not good, yep, that's not good. Rob ran for office as a Republican and won that race and was a city council or town council in Brownsburg, Indiana, and had a successful four-year stint as a political figure, left the political figure, got into radio, and considers himself a Republican, but is able to call out the Republicans for their bullshit. And that's very much what we do here on this show. I'm a Republican, and I definitely call out Democrats, but I'm also able to call out the Republicans because I don't subscribe to quote-unquote tribalism, and I feel as though everybody would do much better if they could remove themselves from their party, from their candidate that they support, from their idea, with the tribalism mindset. It's okay to be a Republican in the Republican Party. It's okay to be a Democrat in the Democrat Party. It's okay to support Trump or to support Pete Buttigieg or to support Dan Reidenauer or to support Terry Witt Bailey or to support James King or Audie Barber. It's okay to have this idea. The Second Amendment is good or we need gun laws or abortion is bad. Abortion is something we should have. It's okay to have your ideas and your thoughts and your arguments and your beliefs. But you don't have to be so brainwashed by it that you can't look outside the box. And now, this is nothing new. I've been saying this for a long time. I mean, back since before I even had a podcast. But to highlight this point for you just for a second, I think sometimes it's good to hear it from other people. So I'm going to play you a quick clip from the Rob Kendall Show, you can catch Rob Kendall on 93.1 WIBC as a producer for the Chicks on the Right Monday through Friday from 9 to 11 a.m. and then as a host for his own show on the weekend from 1 to 3 p.m. Let's hear audio clip number one. Take it away, Rob. One of the reasons you listen to me one of the reasons you tune in, you find it entertaining, you find it interesting, is I'm honest with you. I am the guy that is willing to take on Republicans. I'm the elected Republican who believes 
a vast majority of what the Republicans put out is complete and total crap. And that's why we have a good relationship, right? You know, if I give you a take, it's going to be honest. It's going to be a fair assessment, whether it's of the Democrats or Republicans. Talking points don't live here. Rob then goes on to talk a little bit about his thoughts and feelings about the State of the Union address that Trump gave back on the 3rd. And he talks about how he wasn't really happy with it. For those of you that don't know, around the state of Indiana, specifically at the radio station, Rob Kendall is known as the big Trump guy. He interviewed Trump. Trump called him great. It's kind of a character that he plays during his role. However, he's also able to step back from that position and really examine what Trump does. And from time to time, he can come out and say, hey, I'm not happy with this. I don't think this was a good idea. And he's able to look at things in an unbiased or non-hypocritical way, very much like I talk about. If the Democrats do something that he doesn't think is a good idea, yeah, he'll call that out. But if the Republicans do something just as dumb, or if the Republicans do something that he doesn't think is a good idea, he'll call that out just the same. It doesn't matter that he ran as a Republican. It doesn't matter that he won election as a Republican. You know, you're only good in this type of a job if you're able to look at both of these people, both of these parties, all political candidates and political figures, and apply the same type of thought to them. Yes, you can have people that you support, but you have to be able to call those people on their shit when they need it. And I feel I have more than proved that I can do that, I will do that, and I do do that. And Rob Kendall is very much the same. And so going back into his clip for a second, he then starts to talk about tribalism. Play clip number two. That's tribalism. It's people that aren't out for what's best for America. They're what's best for them or their political party, which doesn't make any sense because political parties are supposed to be about appointing or putting forward an agenda that you want. Same thing goes for the Republicans, though. When Obama was in office, the the Republicans are phenomenal in opposition, and man, do they suck in governance. I've always said this. Republicans are great in opposition, and they suck at governance. When Obama was in office, all we heard about was the national debt and the out-of-control spending and the wasteful government, and they were spot on. They were spot on. But when it's President Trump, yay! We have to end tribalism, folks. We have to hold both sides accountable. And the the speech that Donald Trump gave for the most part at the State of the Union on Tuesday night was a speech that should make Democrats very happy. And, and as a conservative, that uh, that con- that concerns me. And so I, I, that clip was just so perfect because it happened on Sunday that that was released. And I heard that live on the radio as I was seriously fighting with people because they don't like my thoughts and my opinions on their precious candidates or their precious officials or their party chairman because it doesn't go with how they think or feel. When in reality, if they would remove their bias, if they would lay down their flag long enough to realize that What I'm doing is no different than what they were literally just doing with me, 
when it was regarding the other side. And I'm talking about Republicans here, and, and I hate that because I am a Republican. But that doesn't mean I can't ask questions and be concerned and call out and give a poor review on Republicans when they need it. We have to be able to have our own house in order before we can worry about what other people are doing. And when we do wrong, and not even wrong, it's when we do something that requires questions, when we do something that requires conversation, then we have to be okay with that because we're the ones that scream transparency and accountability. We are the ones that ran on that. There are people currently in office not living up to their campaign promise. Listen, are they stealing money? No. Is their actions going to start federal investigations? No. Are they going to be ran out of office with pitchforks and torches? Probably not. But is it what they ran on? No. Do I, as a Republican, have a right to question the Democrat Party chairman of various counties that I'm connected with? Yeah. Do I, as a Republican, have the right to question the Republican Party chairman? Yes. And as Republicans, you can be upset with me that I do that, but then you have to finally admit that you're biased and that all you care about is your side being right, your side winning, your side being the ones that is in control and that has the power. Because there are people like that, and there are people that will admit that. Look, I don't care what's going on as long as I'm in charge. If I'm in charge, it can go everything 100% balls to the wall, to the victor go the spoils, and that's the way it's going to be. But if I'm not in office, if I'm not in power, if we're not in control, then I'm going to point my finger at everything those people over there do. Well, I don't operate that way. I can't operate that way. As an American, I have a right, just like you have a right. And I'm going to do what I know how to do. I'm going to always continue doing it. And now, with fighting corruption in the Democrat Party or fighting corruption in a Republican Party or fighting for better government, now I see I have to fight against tribalism. I have to try and stop tribalism. We have to come together, and I'm asking you to help me because it's going to take more than just me. It's going to take us. And you have to say one of two things. Yes, I'm okay when things 
aren't going the way they're supposed to go as long as my guy's in office. He can do whatever he wants to do. I'm not going to hold him to a higher standard. Or you have to say, no. I'm going to hold the Democrats to a high standard, but I'm also going to hold myself to that high standard. I'm going to hold my officials that I support to the high standard. And when an official runs on transparency and accountability, well, then that's what I'm going to hold them to. When I belong to a party with a party chairman whose job it is to be inclusive to those with like-minded beliefs and that party chairman is shutting people out i'm going to say that's not okay you know it's it's really common sense it's not nearly as difficult as people think but it takes standing up it takes being tough and it takes being able to speak up and i get it not everybody can do it not everybody has the courage not everybody has the fortitude. That's just a known fact. But there are people out there that do have the courage and do have the fortitude that are for some reason still just standing by. And now is the time to stop standing by. It's the time to get up on your feet to better government through citizen involvement. And it's your citizen involvement. And sometimes that involvement means being nice and polite and squishy and funny and fun and sometimes it's not sometimes it's hard work it's tough it's not fun it's not always nice and it's getting your hands dirty and meeting them on their playing field the thing is to just not get lost in the weeds and don't get sucked down the rabbit hole that's the thing and i'll tell you this right now if you can't bathe properly or wear deodorant you've got more to worry about than what i'm saying or doing or even politics in general so Get your own house in order before you're worrying about me. You're listening to Perception is Reality. This is Christopher H. Bilbrey. We'll be right back after this quick break. Hey, Kevin. Thinking about saving for retirement? Yeah, but how do I start? It's easy with Avvo, a retirement coach. Let's learn the Avvo bet. A is for taking action. Not anxiety? No, Kevin. You're going to be fine. You sick? Barely. V is for variety. Huh. Change up my strategy. Okay. O's for optimize your savings. Let Avo lead the way. Visit aceyourretirement.org today. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. All right, folks, welcome back to this 78th episode of Perception is Reality. I'm your host, Christopher H. Bilbrey, and it's good to be with you. So there's a lot going on in the world besides local-level politics or even state-level politics. And so we decided here at Perception is Reality to start a brand new segment, which we're going to be doing more and more periodically as we go forward. That's where we dial up my very intelligent, politically active brother in Houston, Texas, Andrew, who's just a couple years younger than I, he is a down in Houston, Texas, a married father of two, 
and we're going to just look at his insight into the world and get his thoughts on what might be going on either in his neck of the woods or beyond. Let's dial him up and see what he's got to say. Hello. Yeah, what's up? Nothing. about to go pick up some Burger King. Well, didn't know if you had some time to shoot the breeze and talk about anything uh, interesting going on in your neck of the woods or in the political realm. I mean, I think there's some good stuff with politics. <laughs> that's what's yeah, that's, good. that's what I mean. Today today at lunch, I said to my coworkers, I, I love when it's political season. Isn't it amazing? It makes me so happy. It's, it's like <clears throat> Christmas time. So the best one that I heard was, <laughs> I didn't even hear it completely, but Biden calling the person a, a, a dog-faced pony soldier what or whatever. What in the hell was going on with that? Everybody who talks about Biden says, like, he, keep, he, he, he keeps misspeaking, and then he keeps doing it over and over. <laughs> like, <laughs> No, I, I mean, it's just like, like my, so my grandpa... I, I, my grandpa's starting to deal with a little bit of dementia, and I get to my grandpa's house, and my grandpa's like, are you hungry? And I'm like, no, I'm throwing away the Subway, that, and you're watching me throw away Subway in your trash can. And he's like, you want anything to eat? And I'm like, nope. He's like, we're going to go get something to eat. You want anything to eat? And I'm like, no, you, you were just standing in the kitchen watching me throw away Subway. I just ate before I got here. And he's like, okay, well, we're going to go get pizza. Do you want to eat pizza? And I'm like, no. And my grandma's like, Herbie, don't ask him again. And they get back, and my grandpa's like, do you want pizza? You better eat. You better eat. I'm like, look, I just, you know, and he can't help himself because it's dementia. And that's why I believe that is absolutely what is going on with Biden. I mean, because it was a normal conversation. And here's what happened. The girl did say, you haven't been burdened by the impeachment. And she, what she meant, and I got it as soon as she said it, she, he wasn't a senator, so he had been able to campaign all this time. And so he, she wanted to know, like, what happened? <laughs> well, here it goes. So you're arguably the candidate with the greatest advantage in this race. You've been the vice president. You weren't burdened down by the impeachment trials. So, how, or in the participation. So how do you explain the performance in Iowa, and why should the voters believe that you can win the national election? Yeah, that's pretty good. It's a good question. Number one, I was a Democratic caucus. You ever been to a caucus? No, you haven't. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. You said you were, but you're, you're, now you got to be honest. I'm going to be honest with you. It was a little bit confusing in Iowa. Joe, it seems like it's a little bit confusing everywhere. <laughs> no, you haven't. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. You said you were, but you're... No, you haven't. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. <laughs> <laughs> what? what does that mean? <laughs> I'd like to be around like I would like to be around this man. Like I I would like to be around him. I just don't I mean like what's ha who's telling him <laughs> that this is okay? 
This I, man is the most dangerous Democratic candidate in the race. He's vile, vindictive, corrupt. He's establishment through and through. Who's this? Uh, they said that about, about Biden. Biden calls woman dog face. Two weeks ago, he calls a man fats. He has to retire and get help with his deteriorating mental health. I heard that one, too. Let's see. No self-awareness, no awareness of social acceptable language, especially when it comes to convincing people. He's really lost it. Anyone else calling a young woman dog-faced would be finished. Not Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Biden is experiencing well, electile... What? Does, does that phrase mean something? Well, okay, so that's that's the big, that's the big deal, is the dog-faced pony soldier... He's he's mixing up like two Oh, okay, okay. two phrases from like two different movies apparently. And <laughs> <laughs> which is even worse. Yeah, well yeah, right, right. And what's what's really nuts is she was like supportive of him. I don't, I just don't understand. I don't even understand what's going on. The phrase immediately got attention, which many confused by Biden's choice of words. As it turns out, lying dog-faced pony soldier is a phrase Biden has used before. He attributed, <laughs> he attributes it to John Wayne, though its actual provenance is somewhat unclear. What I would like to know is, let's see here, it says before, Biden explained the provenance of lying dog-faced pony soldier at a North Dakota rally in 2018, saying that his brother loved to use lines for movies. There's a line in a movie, a John Wayne movie, where the Indian chief turns to John Wayne and says, this is a lying dog-faced pony soldier. Biden said, it's not clear if this line actually shows up in any John Wayne movie. As Matthew <laughs> Desson points out at Slate, the general consensus seems to be that Biden is probably thinking of the 1952 Tyrone Power film Pony Soldier, in which a character says the Pony Soldier speaks with a tongue of the snake that rattles. <laughs> so I... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. This says this. At an Iowa event in December, a young voter said that President Obama promised his father that he could keep his existing health care after the passage of the Affordable Care Act. But in fact, his dad wasn't able to do so. Were you lying to my dad, the voter asked? A lying dog-faced pony soldier... No, Biden said, before acknowledging that some people were forced to change plans under the ACA. When he used the phrase on Sunday, it felt a bit like a left turn from Moore's question. She had asked why voters should believe he could win, following up with a phrase that proves there is no reason this person should win. Yeah, I heard earlier today that uh, they were... They were interviewing him while he was getting on his plane, and they said, what are you doing? And he said, well, we're heading out to wherever, South Carolina, but whoever, the show that I was watching said, if, if you're leaving right now then that, and you're not staying during the primary, then that means you probably think you've already lost and you're moving on to the next place. I can't even believe that he would be moving on to the next place. That's insane. <laughs> 
this afternoon on uh, Rush, when I went to lunch, I always say, if I only hear Rush for like two minutes, I'll get something really great for the whole, you know, for the whole day. Right. And during that few minutes today, he said, everybody, all this, everybody was saying, Plugs has to run. Plugs is our guy. And the Democrats had to get behind Plugs. And they said, all right, we're all behind Plugs. And so that he's referring to Joe Biden as plugs. <laughs> right. Plugs is fleeing New Hampshire, folks. Listen to this. We fight for every vote we have here. And then I'm getting on a plane, heading down there, doing a little rally in South Carolina to get going, then getting on a plane and going in Mr. Nevada. But you won't be staying. Why won't you stay for the, the results tonight? No, I'm not. Not at all. Not at all. They know we've worked our hard here. We're continuing. We're going to go all right we're not even waiting for the results. We already know we're going to get shellacked. We're heading down to South Carolina. We're going to save the black vote. No, no, it ain't going to happen there or in Nevada. And so I, I like it because he, well, I like it because he makes up a fake name and calls the presidential candidate. And at the same time that he's calling that name, he's, making it sound as if other people on his side are calling him that, like, oh, we have to support him and calling it plug. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I just like that kind of tone of voice. <laughs> I think I'm losing my voice. Yeah, mom's been sick. You probably have coronavirus. Mm. I, can't, I can't believe you're going on a, a cruise. Oh, that'll be, in a, that'll be in a month. Well, yeah, that'll be right when it's hitting real big. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Have they not called you and told you that they're going to give you your money back or that you have to reschedule a new cruise for a new date? Have you not heard that or not heard from them? Nope, haven't heard that. Oh, yeah, you might want to call them. Where are you going through, Caribbean? Yeah. Uh-oh, yeah, you better, you better check that out. I'm pretty sure there are zero cases of coronavirus in South America as well as Africa. Is that where you're going? Well, I mean, it's not really South America, Central. We're going to the little little places, Belize. We're, we're, if you get sick, it's from the cruise ship. I'm not going to China. Yeah. I think it's at China, not, not anywhere else. Well, you better hope. So what else? I don't think that I've heard any news about any of the other people. Yeah. I think I heard that um, that Bernie Sanders was in the lead of in one of the recent polls. Yeah, and I think that would be pretty interesting because I don't think he's legit. So I think it would be interesting to see him debating with Donald Trump. You don't think and he's legit? I think, I think some of the other people would seem reasonable standing next to Donald Trump debating. He does not seem reasonable. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to see him standing there. Yeah. I would accept for Donald Trump to refuse to debate him because it would be totally unnecessary. (laughs) (laughs) But it would still have to happen. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens because what they say, Buttigieg won Iowa. Nobody won Iowa, but Buttigieg won Iowa. Uh, It was close, yeah. Bernie got like number two right behind him. 
Hey, let me call you back in one minute. I have to search the map, and I can't do it when I'm on the phone. Okay, well, hey, we're about out of time anyways, so I'll just call you back later this evening. Bye. All right, folks, there again goes my little itty-bitty baby brother, Andrew <laughs> joining us via the phone all the way from Houston, Texas, giving us his insight to happenings and goings-on from around our great country. I want to thank him yet again for giving us a little bit of his time and insight. I think that's something I'm going to start doing a little bit more frequently as we go forward through the next several episodes, because Andrew and I's conversations is what really kicked off the idea for the podcast to begin with. We agree enough, but we still see things quite differently, and the fact that he's lived in Texas for the last 10 or 11 years has also changed his perspective and his perception on things. But not just Andrew. I'm ready to start having different co-hosts, if you will, or special guests on, giving their insight, and I think that adding a second voice to the show, to the thoughts, to the topics that we discuss, gives it a little bit more roundness, gives it a fullness. And so I welcome Andrew and anyone on, whether you agree with me or you disagree with me, if you want to come on to have a pleasant topic discussion or you want to come on to argue and to debate, that's perfectly fine because I think that that's going to help us break free from the chains of the tribalism that we must break free from if we truly want to better government. And that's the goal, to better government through citizen involvement. And so I want to say to you here and now, if you have something to plug, if you have something to say in agreement or disagreement with me, the microphone is ready and it's yours. You're listening to Perception is Reality. I'm Christopher H. Bilbury, and we'll be right back after this quick break. Perception, perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. All right, folks, that's our show, the 78th episode of Perception is Reality. I want to thank you for listening and thank you for sharing this episode. Remember, we can be found on all major podcast hosting sites as well as the home link of perception.fireside.fm. And again, I want to say a big thank you to my brother, Andrew, for coming on and giving us some of his thoughts and opinions. And I want to let you know the floor and the microphone is always available for you. And yeah, I mean you. Until next time, take care. God bless. Be safe. I'll look forward to talking to you again real soon. You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318 and on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com or get off your butt and call the show at 765 546 9796. Till next time, remember, perception.
perception, perception is, is reality. Reality. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.